Hello and welcome to Rise of Humanity. I am your host, Chris Karamaya, and for today's episode, I'm joined by my guest, Kerry Thomas. Kerry does amazing work in professional organizing with her company, Conquer the Chaos, helping small business owners and busy professionals to streamline, optimize, and organize their environments for higher productivity and peace of mind. In her work, Kerry redefines the meaning of clutter and with her methods helps clients to create lasting results and real transformation in their lives. So Kerry, it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me. Thank you. So I watched your TED talk, which was awesome. I loved it. Thank you. Very uh, impactful and direct. And I think it creates a whole new, uh, level of understanding around clutter that I think people aren't maybe even aware of. So I'd just like right. to begin by uh, diving into uh, what is your take on clutter? <laughs> okay. Um, well, as you heard in the talk, clutter, people tend to think of it as just their physical stuff. You know, the things that, you know, they can't fit anything else in the closet or can't park their car in the garage or, you know, can't find anything when they need it in their office. And so they think of it as um, physical clutter, what we call physical clutter. But clutter can also be digital. It can be mental. It can be emotional. It can be spiritual. And I dive into those different types with my clients. But the bottom line, and we can talk about those different types in a minute if you'd like, but the bottom line is Clutter is anything that keeps you from living the life that you want to live and that you're supposed to live. So it's anything that keeps you stuck. And I mentioned in my talk that all types of clutter are caused by one thing. And it was trademarked by my mentor and very good friend, Barbara Hemphill. And that is clutter is postponed decision. Every type it's putting off the decision of whether you're going to, um, you know, clean out that closet or whether you're going to offer someone forgiveness to get rid of those guilt feelings or um, every single type. And like I said, we can talk through them, but they're all tied back to a postponed decision. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so let's talk about the different um, the different types. Yeah. Sure. So um, digital clutter. Um, it could be email. I see people, they say the average, the last study that I saw that was done was 3,000 emails in an inbox. That was a study done by Microsoft. I sadly think that's outdated <laughs> and a low, a low estimate. Um, I see people routinely that have five, 10, you know, 15,000 emails. I have very close friends that like to torture me by sending screenshots of their inbox. <laughs> saying, you know, help, what do I do? Um, so it can be, digital can be email. Digital clutter can also be um, everything that's on your desktop that's not easily accessible. And people can combat that by using naming conventions, um, putting things in folders, <clears throat> excuse me, things like that. So um, I have a client right now that I'm working with virtually and she is actually giving me access to things on her desktop and in her Dropbox. And she has duplicates. 
just because she had something and then she thought, oh, well, I need to save this, so I'll save it again and I'll name it something different. And then she just got to the point, honestly, where she was ready to, you know, tuck the whole computer and throw it out the window. So we're working virtually and I'm, it's not, um, it's not personal to me, so it's easier for me to look at it and make sense of it. She looks at it and feels guilt, like this shouldn't have happened. I shouldn't have let it get to this point. And um, I always work with my clients and tell them that you know that guilt is not helping anyone. So that's another type of, of digital clutter. Um, mental clutter can be things like your fears, fears that keep you stuck. Um, things you're not facing. It can be voices, whether it's a voice of a parent or a family member or a spouse, or even voices of society, like the news mm -hmm. can just fill your mind with that mental clutter. And your voice doesn't shine through. You can't hear what your <laughs> own self is telling you is the next step in some areas. So that can be mental clutter. Um, it was very funny here. I know it might not be such a big deal where you live, but we had the college football national championship last night and the Alabama coach in his pregame interview, he actually mentioned mental clutter as it related to his team. So I was, I was pretty amused by that. Yeah. Um, emotional clutter can be negative patterns, things that you're doing over and over again that affect you negatively that you're not even aware of. Um, it can be those I can't voices. You know, I can't quit my job and start my own company. I can't lose those last 10 pounds. I can't write a novel, you know, whatever it is. Those I can't voices can be emotional clutter. Um, spiritual clutter sort of is built by those other categories, but it can also come about from a lack of forgiveness. That's a huge one that I see, either forgiving yourself or forgiving others and letting it pile up. Um, it can be from a lack of peace, and that's where the guilt also comes in. That can be spiritual clutter. Um, very often, people when they have the physical clutter and they have, you know, sometimes the digital and they have the mental clutter and those voices and the emotional clutter, they start to feel angry at the world, angry at the universe, angry at God, whatever, you know, they direct their anger at. And then that builds and builds and builds until it's dealt with. And that can be spiritual clutter. And all those, those last ones, they keep you from hearing, like I said, your voice and your intuition, and they keep you from moving forward. What's interesting though, is if you start with the physical clutter, it's amazing the quick transformations that can take place in your inner and outer life from tackling the physical stuff. So it really does start there, but there's a lot more to it. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, such a, a deep subject really. I think um, the physical clutter is one that people's immediate kind of revert to in their mind is you know that's a big thing that that comes up for me in my you know in, in your life and that needs fixing and then obviously the, uh, the the more you look at it you see the mental emotional and spiritual stuff make takes it to a whole new level but I mean what's is it those later ones that cause 
physical clutter. I mean, what's what's your view on the what's what what's the cause of physical clutter? That's a that's a really really good question. Um, almost every circumstance of physical clutter. People think of hoarding. You may have seen you know, shows on TV or movies about hoarding. Um, it doesn't always have to be to that degree, but many, many times, almost every time when I'm called in for a case of true physical clutter that people are overwhelmed, they're paralyzed, they don't know how to move forward, it always stemmed from some type of an event. Whether it was a prolonged illness, a death in the family, a divorce, a depression, um, a move that wasn't wanted, so you know, sort of forced upon people. There's almost every time some event or a combination of events that led to it. People get sad, they don't wanna deal with it. Some people use their clutter almost as a wall, put up literally a physical wall around themselves and around them ha their house. Um, I have seen people who use the physical clutter as an excuse to not have family members over, to not have to host the big family gathering, to um, you know, not move forward in their career even. But on the flip side, I have also had clients that when they see the light at the end of the tunnel, can use that to help them clear the physical clutter. For example, I had a client who had a somewhat of a hoarding situation. There was a lot of paper that had been involved from a death in the family and a legal dispute, multiple, multiple, just reams of paper, multiple copies. They also had been hoarding some things that they thought they would sell, resale, antique type things. And their house was, it would have been impossible to sell it. They couldn't sell it. But they had an opportunity to move you know, to the other coast and be with family and be with grandchildren. And that spark and excitement made what had taken decades to build up, made them able to dive in. So it can go both ways. The physical clutter can definitely come from one of those events, but a positive event can be a spark to clear the physical clutter as well. Yeah, I, I suppose it's, it's that kind of that balance of, you know, wanting to have a nice organized environment just because it's, it's just better and it's easy to live that way. But it's also, mm -hmm. you know, treating it as a way to is it being objective about it and seeing it as a symptom that, you know, there's a bigger imbalance that you need right. to, to work on in your in yourself and then that that clutter is just a kind of like a reflection of mm -hmm. that of that what's going on inside you so I mean, when you work with people what do you think is the most important uh, to address first like with regards to the the inner world and emotional and actually going out or around your house or your office and actually like picking stuff up and clearing it? Is it like okay. simultaneous or does it just depend on the person? Or? Um, it, it does depend upon the person in some cases. And I have two answers to your question, but I'll explain why it depends upon the person first. Some people have a natural tendency to feel momentum if they can get the easy things out of the way 
and they see that progress and they say, oh, great, like this was easy, I can keep going. Other people have just an innate tendency in the other direction. If they can tackle something that has previously seemed very hard and impossible first, then the rest flows easily. So I do do a lot of digging, usually if you just ask people that question, you know, where do you want to start first, the easier, the hard. Mm -hmm. And so it is a little bit different, but with clients, there, like I said, there are two answers. The first thing is there's no right or wrong. Being organized, the way I define it, is having a productive environment. Being able to accomplish your work and enjoy your life. And that productive environment is going to look very different for every person. Some people aren't comfortable unless their house looks like a magazine. They just can't relax. And I've known people like that. And their houses are they're beautiful, but they just, they truly can't relax. Other people, they, they like a little of the chaos and they like a little of the mess and they like that lived in feeling. And that is perfectly fine. There's no judgment with that. Like I said, there's no right or wrong. It's being able to have that productive environment, be, have it be intentional. Does everything have a place? Can I find everything when I need it? And so I, I always assess what people's levels are. Are you wanting to get organized because you know you lost a contract because you can't find your papers? Or are you wanting to get organized because your mom, husband, roommate, you know, insert name here, <laughs> tells you that it should look this certain way? Mm -hmm. um, so and I always tell them it's not what you should do with your organization, it's what will you do? And that goes to maintaining it long after I'm gone. I don't want to go in and just make something look pretty as an organizer. So there are plenty of designers and organizers and they're really, really good at that. I want to give people systems that can be maintained after I'm gone, that they feel comfortable with and they know how to keep going. And so the second part of my answer was to accomplish that with all of my clients, we use a five-step process. And the first thing we do is we always state their vision. And that's what I was saying, you know, do, do you want it picture perfect? Do you want your spices alphabetized? <laughs> you know, do you want that type of thing? Or do you just want to be able to, you know, find a pair of pants when you need them, that type of thing. So state the vision of, you know, some people want what I call like a destination closet. They want to like walk in and feel like they've gone on vacation and it has a chandelier hanging in the middle and you know, it's beautiful. Other people literally just want to find their shoes. So taking their vision is first. The second one is identifying the obstacles. Sometimes an obstacle can be money to get the project done. Sometimes an obstacle can be the very messy people you live with. That's a huge question that I get asked a lot. Um, sometimes an obstacle can be time. Um, anything you can think of that's an obstacle to any big project, really. So we work on identifying those. What are the obstacles? Then committing the resources, committing the time, committing the money. Do they already have things in their home that can be used for this project? The number one mistake people make when they think, oh, I'm going to organize my life this year, is they run out and they buy supplies. And that is <laughs> not what you want to do because um, you don't know what fits, you don't know what you need. And so you have to you know, figure that out first. And part of committing your resources is maybe you already have 
great storage things. They're just not being used. And then we design and execute the plan. Talk about what we're going to do, carry it out, and then sustain your success. And that's what I talked about, being able to maintain it long after I'm gone. And let's say, I'm using a lot of physical examples. I work mainly with offices, but I think people relate to home organizing a little bit better. But yeah, all these yeah. processes can be carried across no matter what you're organizing. But the sustaining your success would be, let's think back to that closet, committing to once a season purging or committing to on the weekend, I'm going to pick up all the clothes that have gone on the floor and put them back. So whatever that may look like for you. Some people do it every day. Some people do it once a month. But just sustaining what your new level and your new system of organization. So I work through those five steps with everybody, no matter what the project, whether it's an office, computer, file system, it works for every situation. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Very uh, structured and direct. And yeah. I imagine that creates a lot of uh, you know effective results and the thing that I love that you said about there is creating that vision because if you I suppose if you don't know what you're aiming for you'll never know if you've got it and having, right. <laughs> there's no right or wrong as you said because I mean yeah there's some people that might be okay with a little bit of a a, a bit more messy but if it's organized you know and it makes them happy then that's all that the matter mm -hmm. intentionally, I suppose, going to create the perfect house, even though you don't really want that, would just be uh, be ridiculous, really. So right, it'd be another yourself. source of stress. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I um, I think about this from time to time. After watch your TED talk, I thought about, well, what can I tidy up today? But then I just thought, oh, I feel really content with the way things are, and I would just be doing it for the sake of it. Yeah. <laughs> So it was just like, yeah, having that, it's having that, you know, that inner balance, isn't it? And then mm -hmm. it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, people always say, oh, I don't want you to come over. Your house must be perfect. And it's not. I mean, I, I do know where everything is, even though true confession time, when I took some things down for Christmas to decorate, I can't find one picture to put it back. So there you go. True confessions. <laughs> of the but, um, I always give, I always give an example of uh, socks. I have two boys always did a lot of sports there were multiple you know socks for this team socks for this workout just socks everywhere and it was a source of contention and a source of irritation for me so finally what I did was I bought a basket and when the socks were clean and came out of the wash I no longer worried whose was whose and which went with which they just all went into this giant basket and when people wanted socks that's where they went and it's worked and I have no need to take my, that organizational system any further. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Yeah. Awesome. So, so um, what kind of, I mean, do you go deep into like, uh, you know, how to manage emotions or how to find more coherence or, you know, like meditation, anything like that? Cause I, I, I do. Now some clients, they don't, want or need that but the ones that do we definitely talk about that as you heard in my talk we talk about i about moving forward and making a decision and the decisions have to have an action tied to it so when you're dealing with physical clutter the action is easy we're going to bag this up take it to salvation army you know take it you know out to the curb whatever it may be so those actions are very cut and dry when you're dealing with eliminating mental clutter or emotional clutter, you can make the decision, but the actions 
that's where people get stuck. They think, well, I don't, I haven't dealt with it. I don't know what those actions are. And so I do help clients with suggestions. Um, I have clients that have had success with journaling. Mm -hmm. I've had clients that have had success with um, essential oils or even sage in their space to change the energy. Some clients, they think that they're not receptive to that, but then once we get going, <laughs> they, they call me back and say, well, I researched this and researched this and you, you know. So I think when you open the door, people realize there are a lot of solutions out there that they hadn't thought of. I always suggest a lot of nature, walking in nature and movement for dealing with emotional and mental things. Um, talking with a friend, talking, you know, even if you, it's not a paid advisor, just talking it through with a trusted person. And, and even if it's a, a business client who, you know, they're not hiring me to help with anything emotional or mental. Mm -hmm. If you have an accountability partner, there are studies that show you're 67% more likely to carry through with whatever it is, if you have an accountability partner. So I am really big on accountability partners, no matter what the situation or setting. Sometimes that's me. Sometimes my clients, you know, we have an ongoing coaching agreement and sometimes the accountability partner is me. Sometimes they find someone else to help carry that out, but that's a big one. So yes, I do help them and suggest alternative things. I have clients that we've worked with feng shui. I tell them up front, I'm not certified in this. I did not go to school, but I have studied a lot <laughs> and read a lot of books. And so I have these suggestions and I can even give them suggestions of people or books. So we do, um, that is actually something that I have committed myself to learning a lot more about in 2018 are the I don't even want to say alternative methods because to some people they're not alternative at all. They are the <laughs> methods, <laughs> but maybe methods that haven't been talked about in the mainstream organizing community. And I have found people that I have made friends with and partnered with who have had success in those areas. And I'm very excited about taking my business in that direction. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned there about the, um, uh, accountability, which is obviously um, sounds sounds like can make a, a big impact for them. I mean, do do you find that there's any kind of initial resistance for them when you start working with them to making any changes? Or is it just because once they've invested with you, they're just ready to go? You would think that you would th you would think, especially people that um, I have some people that do prepaid packages. Mm -hmm. I'm not offering that as much anymore, but in the past, you got a very good discount for doing a prepaid package. And you would think if they paid up front, but I can always tell, you know, the number of cancellations or changes to the schedule, you can tell right away that there's some resistance and hesitation there. Um, I think, especially with their office and filing systems and going through paper, that's I always joke that if I have a superpower, it's being able to sort through and make sense of a lot of paper in a very short time. And so I think with those clients, they see results very quickly. And that is helpful. I do give clients very easy 
sort of homework assignments, if you want to say that, and tell them, you know, don't worry about the big picture. If it's overwhelming, worry about this tiny little thing. For example, let me give an example of what that might be. So if we have someone whose whole home really needs work and you know it's just full of clutter, but they're ready to make a change. So I go in, let's say for a three hour session, most people that's a good block of time. It's enough to really, really, really make a change, but not so much that they're kicking me out, <laughs> dragging me out by my hair to the curb. And so they, we do this, they're, they're feeling really great, but then they're in their home on their own for however long in between our sessions. And so I tell them, don't worry. Don't worry about continuing with this huge project. Maybe every night before, let's say trash comes on Tuesday, Monday night, go around your house with a trash bag and in every room or in every section, just try to find something that's trash and put it in the trash bag, even if it's an old receipt or um, a cup in the kitchen that's maybe seen better days, whatever it is. And I have clients that have actually done that for an extended period of time and they'll call or text and say, I walk into rooms now and there's literally nothing left to throw away or donate. <laughs> and you can just chip away at it a little bit at a time. So that would be an example. Another example would be, I tell people, we've done this great amount of work, let's say in a kitchen. And if you're afraid it's all going to creep back in, designate one spot that's a clutter-free zone. I had one client that used her kitchen table. Her kitchen table had been a previous dumping ground of everything, <laughs> crazy things. <laughs> and so she actually cleaned it, polished it. She went out and bought fresh flowers and said, this, the rest of our house may still look nutty, but this table is now clutter-free zone and it's perfect. For me, it's always my kitchen island in the center. If even if life is nuts and a lot of things are going on, if that middle part of my kitchen is clear, I feel good. And so you can identify with people what that is. Some people it's their front entry or whatever. So just little things like that so that people don't feel like they have to continue the huge amount of progress that we made in a session. Mm. Cool. So what are the, when you work with someone and you make, you know, this transformation, however, however much time, what, uh, when you improve the and clear the physical clutter, how does that uh, then impact their mental, emotional, and spiritual uh, well-being? What kind of results do you see? People change the words they use to describe themselves in their environment, and that's the first clue that I have. People, when I first meet them, use those words overwhelmed, paralyzed, um, embarrassed, isolated, things like that. And then they start to use different words. Literally, sometimes it's, oh, you know, like a big sigh or, a, you know, this is wonderful. This feels light, that, that, that word comes about. This feels um, encouraging. They actually start to change the words they're using, even if they don't realize it. And what happens is once you regain that sense of control, like I now can walk through my house without tripping over things. And I know that 
maybe if not everything, most things have a place and I can find them pretty quickly. And, and you start to feel like you can function in your environment and you have that control. It's not going to magically fix the mental or emotional clutter, but it gives you the strength to start to look at it and to start to make the decisions. Because when you're overwhelmed with just like your physical environment, you don't want to dive deeper. <laughs> it, you just, you don't, it's, it's too exhausting. Mm. And so I do see some people, it's a very, very quick, some people it's a little bit longer. I think when the first time I met you and I talked about my very first client and she had a shopping addiction and there was somewhat of a hoarding situation in their home and their her change was very quick she she started to change everything she even lost weight um there's uh, peter walsh a lot of people have heard of him he has a good book called does this clutter make my butt look fat <laughs> and <laughs> there is a definite correlation and that's what his book is about but her, hers was uh, automatic. I mean, just things started to really change. Um, so some, sometimes it, it takes a reminder. Sometimes in our follow-up sessions, I have to say, okay, well, when we met, you mentioned this, 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 let's go back and look at them now. And they haven't done on their own. Other people like that very first client is just a natural progression and it happens. Yeah. But it just depends where, Mm -hmm. where they're at in their own in their own spiritual emotional mental yes. development really depending on how yes. quick the transformation will come about and it depends upon why they called me in did they come to that through a process of self-discovery did they call me in because of an emergency and we've got to get this fixed quickly uh, the least effective and I always equate it to a personal trainer is if someone else hired me to sort of fix things for them. It's almost like you can't give someone a gift of a personal trainer and say, here you go. I hired this person to get you in. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so it also depends upon how, how they came to hiring in the first place. Yeah. I mentioned a few times about overwhelm. So what's your take on that? Like, I mean, when you, I suppose and there's loads of ways it can happen, but obviously when you're trying to fix your clutter or a common one is having like people, busy people having crazy schedules and there's so much to do. What's your take on like on the overwhelm and, you know, trying to manage that? I think in our society, we think that more is better. More of everything more, you know, bigger house, better clothes, more friends, even, um, you know, more money, more, it's become a badge of honor when someone says, hi, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so busy. And it, that's not really a badge of honor. <laughs> um, and so th people think that all that more will lead to happiness. And it, it doesn't. And so I think I have my biggest breakthroughs when people realize that less and simplicity is what's going to not only get rid of the overwhelm, but lead to happiness. I mean, simplicity is our natural state. 
I think, you know, that's how we come into the world. That's our natural state. We don't naturally look to just ha have things flying at us and bombarding <laughs> us and stretching ourselves too thin. That's, that's been put upon us by society, but we're, we're naturally simple beings, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. That's cool. <laughs> um, so what, I mean, what led you into this, um, went to taking the, the leap to start your own business? Have you been in business for a long time then, or was it? I've been in business for you? 10 years. Mm. Uh, my background was in special education. That's what I have my bachelor's and master's in special education. And I taught for eight years and I did love every minute of it. We moved around a lot. And then as boys were born and with all those moves, um, I decided to take the opportunity and be a stay-at-home mom with them for a, a while. And then when I was ready to start working again, I was weighing my options. And I had a friend in Florida who had become a professional organizer. And I will never forget the moment she said that. And I just, my eyes got wide and I thought, oh, that's a job. You can do that because I've always loved it. And it's always been a passion. I have a, you know, a knack for it. So she put me on the path and told me what I needed to do to get started. And I did have that first client who was a friend of mine and said, great, you use me as a guinea pig. And when I saw those changes in her, not just her physical environment, but what it did for her personally, I was hooked. And I thought, okay, <laughs> not only am I good at this, but I really, really love it. And I love seeing what it does for people. So I started my business and I did start with a lot of residential, like we've been talking about, a little bit of everything. I quickly learned that I was best at the office side of things and paper and filing systems and helping people get systemized. And so that is my focus. And what I enjoy is that I combine my background in special education with what I'm doing now because I go in and I teach. And one of the things I talk about a lot in conferences and things are the six elements of a productive office. And those are solid and proven, but not everybody can carry them out in the same way. And I understand because of my background that not everybody's brain functions the same way. I have an understanding of learning styles and I have an understanding of how ADD and ADHD affect your home life and your office life. And so I'm very fortunate in that I get to combine sort of my previous life and my current passion into one, into one thing to help people in a little different way than some of the other organizers out there. Mm, that's really cool. What, what was the, I mean, the process of actually going out and starting it? Did it feel like a, like a big leap for you? Or was it kind of a gradual process? Was it, was it a big challenge? It's um, scary. <laughs> uh, I would say both. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say both. When I first started, I'm, I realized I was extremely fortunate in that I had the luxury of starting it part-time mm -hmm. and easing in. I have colleagues that I've trained with and they you know, have made that leap, like left corporate America, left. And, and I didn't have that initial fear, which I, you know, I realize I'm very, very fortunate. But then as I was in business for a few years, I came to another crossroads and thought, okay, well, I need to take this a little more full time, get more serious. Do I want to do that? Do I want to go back to teaching? 
you know, came to that crossroads again and had a chance, wonderful, divinely orchestrated meeting with my mentor. Um, it was very unexpected. And so I joined her training program and became what's called a productive environment specialist and got that training to work with the business side of things. So that was where, that was already five years into my business, but that's where the scary leap came. Mm. It wasn't right at the beginning. Yeah, it sounds like you really found your, your passion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> nice. And then the uh, next thing you know, you're doing a, a TED Talk. <laughs> I know. That was, that was a dream come true. That had been a bucket list item, and that came about very quickly, I, <laughs> very, very quickly, my son's girlfriend had asked me on a Saturday night, if you could do anything in the world, what would you want to do? And I was taken aback by her question, but I thought, okay, I'll play along. <laughs> and I thought about it for a minute and I said, you know, I really would like to speak more. And I'd like to you know, almost go back to that teaching side of things where you're presenting and, and teaching and speaking. And so that was Saturday night. Monday morning, I was in the shower and I thought, oh, well, if I had an opportunity, because she mentioned TED Talk, I didn't even mention it. Well, it'd be cool if you could do a TED Talk one day. So I said, what would I talk about? And that first word that we've talked about and that I start my talk with, that overwhelmed, came to me in the shower and the talk just flowed. Like the whole thing just came to me in the shower. And I got out and two hours later, the, um, can't think of the name, but the, the person who puts on our local TED events, who I've known for years, called and he had had a glitch and he needed someone to fill a spot and asked me out of the blue, had never heard me speak, knew that I had a story to tell and knew that I had a passion, but literally called me and said, do you want to do this? It's two weeks from today. <laughs> and I said, yes. <laughs> so that was no accident. All of that just came about in perfect timing and it has really it's really changed a lot of things for me because I I thought that you know the people in the audience and I thought my mom (laughs) would watch it and it has really gone viral and it struck a chord that I guess I didn't realize was so raw with so many people and came as a shock to me, but it's open doors. I had direct clients that were in the audience that day that called me and said, when can we start? I need this. And they had physical clutter, but they also all had, like I said, those, those background stories. You know, I went through cancer and I couldn't deal with things. So I threw it all in this one room or, you know, my spouse died. And, and so it's, it's, yeah, that TED talk has just changed everything. Yeah, it's awesome work. I mean, it's not an experience I've personally been through with all the clutter stuff, but I can certainly experience the power of just cleaning, just tidying up one room, how much better it makes you feel. And I can imagine Mm -hmm. for some people, it'd be absolutely transformational. I mean, I'd kind of probably put it up there with, you know, get starting a new healthy diet and getting in great shape, which will make you feel so much better, but completely Uh transforming your environment. It's the same kind of... It can is. be the same transformational result. And I think when people clear their environment and they you just get that success. Like I can do this. I have like I have the power. I can do mm-hmm. and it it translates into those other areas. 
yeah magic have a big knock-on effect on, on your whole life really that sense of achievement mm-hmm. yeah it does that's so cool <laughs> um so what what do you see uh for the future how long have you been running your your organization business now has it been it's been 10 years now cool so have you got any any big plans for the future is it just keep going doing what you're doing <laughs> well i actually am i'm taking that desire of speaking and taking it to the next level and i'm actually working with someone now to develop I'm changing my my existing website, but I'm also developing one that's more targeted towards speaking. And I would love to just get bigger audiences or just just more people. And even what I love about the topic I do on, you know, how to set up your office for your learning style, that one is really fun because there's always an aha moment. And I think that's what, it gives me such a high. Like it just... <laughs> It, it is. It's a high when you can really realize that people have something they've taken away from what you're speaking. So I'm focusing more on that. I have some virtual clients now, which came about because of the talk. Was people contacted me and said, well, I want to work with you, but I'm in Paris. I do have one in Paris. And so I had never thought of that arena for my business, but I do have virtual clients now. So I'm exploring that more and exploring more of the coaching side of things as far as not just in out, let's fix this, but I'm developing programs for actually long-term accountability and long-term coaching. So um, because of that talk, I'm definitely evolving my business. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And I think that's the... I mean, doing um, in-person coaching can be great, but I think like when you really want to scale your impact to the world, having that online mm-hmm. uh, connection and building programs as well, it gives you an opportunity yeah. to to scale it to a whole new whole new level, really. Yeah. So that's yeah. Awesome. And like yeah. I said, I'm also continuing my education into the what's out there and what's available to help people make these shifts. If it's not just fixing things in their physical environment, what else, what else can we try? What else, you know, can be in my toolbox? So I'm definitely increasing my education on that as well. Yeah. Awesome. So any last um, parting advice for people who uh, are stuck in a uh, physical mess and (laughs) where to begin to uh, start looking at things differently? (laughs) Yeah, I would say think of which one of those people you are. Are you the do the easy thing first or do the hard thing first? Think of that. Start there. Start with something. But remember that you have to do what works for you. It's your environment. You have to set it up intentionally so that you can accomplish your work and you can enjoy your life. Don't look at magazines. Don't listen to your sister. It's for you. There's no judgment on how you live. As long as it's productive and you feel good, that is being organized nice love it <laughs> so um do you just want to share uh some uh, a link or anything that uh, the listeners can uh, find you on the web oh, obviously they can i'll put a link for your ted talk in the uh, show notes sure well. yes if you could do that that would be great and then my website right now which will still continue to work i have i'm changing the name but this will still continue to work is 
CTC stands for Conquer the Chaos, ctcorganizing.com. And that link will always continue to work even after I've put up my new site. Yeah, cool. Thank you for sharing that. So uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you for coming on and sharing uh, this, this awesome work you are doing with the listeners. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. So that is all for today, guys. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode and got some big takeaways from it and have a, a different way of looking at clutter now. And I will uh, definitely stick the links that you need in the show notes and the link to um, Kerry's TED Talk as well. I definitely recommend you check that out. It's full of awesome wisdom. So that is all for today, guys. I'll catch you all next time. Take care. Bye-bye.